0: Chapter Forty One of the Maid of Scar This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. The Maid of Scar by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter Forty One The Right Man in the Right Place. The very next day I was afloat as a seaman of the Royal Navy of the United Kingdom. None but a sailor can imagine what I felt and what I thought. Here for years I had been adrift from the very work God shaped for me, wrecked before my time by undue violence of a Frenchman. Also I had bred my son up to supply my place a little, and a very noble fellow, though he could not handle cut or lay-gun as I had done, but he might have come to it if he ever had come to my own time of life this however had been cut short by the will of providence and now i felt bound to make good for it only one thing grieved me viz to find the war declining this went to my heart the more because our navy had not done according to its ancient fame anywhere but at gibraltar and with admiral rodney in the year before i rejoined it off the coast of america things i could not bear to hear also the loss of the royal george the capture of the leeward islands and of minorca by the french and even a british sloop of war taken by a french corvette such things moved me to the marrow after all i had seen and done and all our ship's company understood that i returned to this service in the hope to put a stop to it this reclaiming of me to the thing that i was meant for took less time than i might use to bring a gun to its bearings that beautiful miss carey managed everything with captain drake and in less than fifty kisses they had settled my affairs i could have no more self-respect if i said another word but the king and the nation won the entire benefit of this it came to pass that i was made a second instructor in gunnery with an entire new kit found me and six and twopence a week appointed together with second right to stick a fork into the boiler of course i could not have won all this by favour but sure merit it had however been allowed me under an agreement just enough yet brought about by special love of justice that i should receive a month ashore at newton knottage in the course of the spring whenever it might suit our cruising My private affairs demanded this, as well as love of neighbors and strong desire to let them know how much they ought to make of me. How I disdained my rod and pole, and the long shore life, and the lubberly ways, when I felt once more the bounding of the open water, the spring of the buoyant timbers answering every movement gallantly, the generous vehemence of the canvas, and the noble freedom of the ocean winds around us, the rush up a liquid mountain— and the sway on the balance of the world then the plunge into the valley almost out of the sight of god though we feel him hovering over us while the heart leaps with the hope of yet more glorious things to come the wild delight the rage suspense and majesty of battle nothing vexed me now so much as to hear from private people and even from the public sailors that the nation wanted peace no nation ever should want peace until it has thoroughly thrashed the other or is bound by wicked luck to knock under hopelessly and neither of those things had befallen england at this period but i have not skill enough to navigate in politics and before we had been long at sea we spoke a full-rigged ship from hamburg which had touched at falmouth and two german boys in training for the british navy let us know that peace was signed between great britain france and spain as nearly as might be on valentine's day of the year seventeen hundred and eighty three a sad and hard thing we found to believe it and impossible to be pleased after such practice of gunnery nevertheless it was true enough and confirmed by another ship and now a new ministry was in office under a man of the name of fox doubtless of that nature also ready always to run to earth nothing more could be hoped except to put up with all degradation a handful of barbarous fellows wild in the woods and swamps of america most of them sent from this home country through their contempt of discipline fellows of this sort had been able mainly by skulking and shirking fight to elude and get the better of his britannic majesty's forces and pretend to set up on their own account as if they could ever get on so no one who sees these things as clearly as i saw them then and there can doubt as to the call i felt to rejoin the royal navy of course i could not dream that now there was rising in a merchant ship captured from the frenchman and fitted with two dozen guns a british captain such as never had been seen before nor will ever be again and whose skill and daring left the frenchman one hope only to run ashore and stay there however not to dwell too long on the noblest and purest motives it did not take me quite three weeks to supersede the first instructor and to get him sent ashore and find myself hoisted into his berth with a rise of two and two per week this gave me eight and fourpence with another stripe on my right arm and what was far more to the purpose added greatly to the efficiency of the british navy because the man was very well or at any rate well enough in his way and in his manners and quite worth his wages but to see him train a gun and to call him first instructor captain Bamfile saw in twenty minutes that i could shoot this fine fellow's head off unwilling as i was to give offence and, and delicate about priming and all the men felt at once the power of a practised hand set over them I saw that the navy had fallen back very much in the matter of gunnery in the time of the twenty years or so since I had been gun captain, and it came into my head to show them many things forgotten. The force of nature carried me into this my proper position, and the more rapidly, because it happened to occur to me, that here was the very man pointed out, as it were, by the hand of Providence, for Parson Chowne to blow up next. Our captain had the very utmost confidence that could be in him, and he stood on his legs with a breath that spoke to the strength of his constitution, a man of enduring gravity. Also his weight was such that the parson never could manage to blow him up with any powder as yet admitted into the royal dockyards. I like this man, and let him know it. But I thought it better for him to serve his country on shore a little, after being so long afloat if, as I put it to his conscience, he could keep from poaching and from firing stackyards or working dangerous ferries, He told me that he had no temptation towards what I had mentioned, but on the other hand felt inclined, after so many years at sea, to have a family of his own, and a wife, if found consistent. This, I assured him, I could manage, and in a few words did so, asking for nothing more on his part than entire confidence my nature commanded this from him and we settled to exchange our duties in a pleasant manner i gave him introduction to the liveliest of the farmer's daughters telling him what their names were and being over full of money he paid me half a crown apiece for thirteen girls to whom i gave him letters of commendation this was far too cheap with all of them handsomer than he had any right to and three of them only daughters and two with no more than grandmothers but i loved to help a fellow sailor and thus i got rid of him for our captain had the utmost faith in this poor man's discretion and had thought before i said it of laying him up at narnton court to keep a general look-out because his eyes were failing i did not dare to offer more opinion than was asked for but it struck me that if parson chowne had been too clever for david llewellyn and made the place too hot for him he was not likely to be outwitted by naval instructor heaviside however i could not see much occasion for chowne to continue his plots any longer or even to keep watch on the house unless it were from jealousy of our captain's visits as far as any one might fathom that unfathomable parson he had two principal ends in view the first was to get possession of miss Carey and all her property by making her mrs chowne number four the second which would help him towards the first was to keep up against poor captain drake the horrible charge of having killed those two children whose burial had been seen as before related and here i may mention what i had forgotten through entire want of vindictive feeling to wit that i had as a matter of duty contrived to thrash very heavily both of those fellows on Bronton burrows who had been spying on narnton court and committed such outrages against me without doing this i could not have left the country conscientiously and now on board the alcestis a rattling fine frigate of forty-four guns it gave me no small pleasure to find that although the gunnery practice was not so good as i was accustomed to in seamanship and discipline and general smartness there was little to be reasonably complained of especially when it was borne in mind what our special duty was and why we were kept in commission when so many other ships were paid off at the conclusion of the war up to that time the alcestis had orders to cruise off the western coast not only on account of some french privateers which had made mischief with our shipping but also as a draft ship for receiving and training batches of young hands who were transferred as occasion offered to halifax or the west indies station and now as the need for new forces ceased captain drake was beginning to expect orders for spithead to discharge instead of that however the admiralty had determined to employ this ship which had done so much in the way of education for the more thorough settlement of a question upon which they differed from the general opinion of the navy and especially of the ordnance board this was concerning the value of a new kind of artillery invented by a clever scotchman and called a carronade because it was cast at certain iron works on the banks of the river this gun is now so thoroughly well known and approved and has done so much to help us to our recent triumphs that i need not stop to describe it although at first it greatly puzzled me it was so short and light and handy and of such large caliber moreover with a great chamber for the powder such as a mortar has that at first it quite upset me knowing that i must appear familiar yet not being so however i kept in the background and nodded and shook my head so that every one misunderstood me differently that night i arose and studied it and resolved to back it up because only captain drake was in its favour and the first lieutenant heavy side was against it strongly although he said that six months ago the rainbow an old forty-four being refitted with nothing else but carronades of large calibre had created such terror in a friendship of almost equal force that she fired a broadside of honour and then surrendered to the rainbow but to come back to our alcestis at the time i was promoted to first place in gunnery over and above her proper armament of long guns eighteen and twelve pounders she carried on the quarter-deck six twenty-four pounder carronades and two of eighteen in the forecastle so that in truth she had fifty-two guns and was a match in weight of metal for a french ship of sixty guns as at that time fitted afterwards it was otherwise and their artillery outweighed ours as much as a true briton outweighs them now naval instructor mr llewellyn had such a busy time of it and was found so indispensable on board the alcastus that I do assure you they could not spare him for even a glimpse of old Newton Nottage until the beginning of the month of May. But as I always find that people become loose in their sense of duty, unless gird up well with money, even as the ancients used to carry their cash in their girdles, I had taken advantage of a run ashore at Pembroke to send our excellent parson Lauer a letter containing a five-pound note, as well as a few words about my present position, authority, and estimation. I trusted to him as a gentleman not to speak of those last matters to any untrustworthy person whatever, because there would be six months' pension falling due to me at Swansea at the very time of writing, and which of course I meant to have, for my zeal in overlooking my wound could not replace me unwounded, I trow. But knowing our government to be thoroughly versed in every form of stinginess and peculation which was sure to be doubled now a fox was in, i thought that they might even have the dishonesty to deny me my paltry pittance on account of ancient merit and great valour upon the shabby plea that now i was on full pay again they would have done so, I do believe, if their own clumsy and careless ways had allowed them to get scent of it. But they do things so stupidly that a clever man need never allow them to commit roguery upon him, and by means of discreet action I was enabled for fourteen years to draw the pension I had won so nobly as well as the pay I was earning so grandly. However, these are trifles the five-pound note was for mother jones to help our bunny with spring clothes and to lay out at her discretion for my grandchild's benefit supposing as i must needs suppose that churchwarden morgan in face of his promise would refuse indignantly to accept a farthing for the child's nourishment he disappointed me however by accepting four pound ten and mrs jones was quite upset for even bunny never could have eaten that much in the time Charles was a worthy man enough, as undertakers always are, but it was said that he could not do according to his lights, when fancy brought his wife across them. Poor Mother Jones was so put out that she quite forgot what she was doing, until she had spent the ten shillings of change in drawers for her middle children. And so poor Bunny got nothing at all, nor even did poor Barty. For this little dear I had begged to be bought— for the sake of her vast imagination nothing less than a two-shilling doll jointed both at knee and elbow as the dutchman turned them out it was to be naked like parson chowne's folk but with the girls at the well stirred up to make it more becoming and then mother jones was to go to scar and in my name present it all things fail unless a man himself goes and looks after them and so my five-pound note did and when i was able to follow it complaint was too late as usual but you should have seen the village on the day when our captain drake as we delighted to call him found himself for the first time able to carry out his old promise to me made beneath the very eyes of his true love isabel the thought of this had long been chafing in between his sense of honour and of duty set before him by the present naval board and but for his own deeper troubles though i did my best for ease he must have felt discomfort if i chose i could give many tokens of what he thought of me not expressed nor even hinted yet to my mind palpable but as long as our navy lasts no man will dare to intrude on his captain be it enough and it was enough that his majesty's forty-four gunship alcestis brought up as near as her draught allowed to Porthcawl point on the fifth of may seventeen eighty three this was by no means my desire because it went against my nature to exhibit any grandeur and i felt in my heart the most warm desire that master alexander macraw might happen to be from home that day nothing could have grieved me more than for a man of that small nature to behold me stepping up in my handsome uniform with all the oars saluting me and the second lieutenant in the stern-sheets crying farewell mr david also officership marked upon every piece of my clothes in sight and the dignity of my bearing not behind any one of them but as my evil luck would have it there was poor sandy mac himself and more half starved than ever such is the largeness of my nature, that I sank all memory of wrongs, and upon his touchings his hat to me, I gave him an order for a turbo, inasmuch as my clothes were now too good, and my time too valuable, to permit of my going fishing. This, however, was nothing at all compared with what awaited me among the people at the well, all newton was assembled there to welcome and congratulate me and most of them called me captain llewellyn and every one said i looked ten years younger in my handsome uniform i gave myself no airs whatever that i leave for smaller men but entered so heartily into the shaking of hands that if i had been a pump the well beneath us must have gone quite dry but all this time i was looking for Bunny who was not among them, and presently I saw short legs of a size and strength unparalleled, except by one another coming at a mighty pace down the yellow slope of sand and scattering the geese on the small green patches. Mrs. Morgan had kept her to smarten up, and really she was a credit to them so clean and bright and rosy-faced. At first she was shy of my grand appearance, but we very soon made that right now i will not enlarge upon or even hint at the honour done me for having done such honour to my native place because as yet i had done but little except putting that coat on to deserve it enough that i drew my salary for attending to the old church clock also my pension at swansea and was feasted and entertained and became for as long as could be expected the hero of the neighbourhood and i found that mother jones had kept my cottage in such order that after a day or two i was able to go to scar for the purpose of begging the favour of a visit from bardie but first as in duty bound of course i paid my respects to colonel lauer as luck would have it both the worthy colonel and lady Blewett were gone from home but my old friend crumpy their honest butler kindly invited me in and gave me an excellent dinner in his own pantry because he did not consider it proper that an officer of the Royal Navy should dine with the maids in the kitchen, however unpretending might be his behaviour. And here, while we were exchanging experience over a fine old cordial, in burst the Honourable Rodney, without so much as knocking at the door. Upon seeing me, his delight was such that I could forgive him anything, and his admiration of my dress when I stood up and made the salute to him proved that he was born a sailor. A fine young fellow he was, as need be, in his twelfth year now, and come on a mitching expedition from the great grammar school at Cowbridge. To drink his health, both Crumpy and myself had courage for another glass, and when I began to tell sea stories with all the emphasis and expression flowing out of my uniform, he was so overpowered that he insisted on a hornpipe. This, although it might be now considered under dignity, I could not refuse as a mark of respect for him and for the service, and when I had executed, as perhaps no other man can, this loyal and inimitable dance, his feelings were carried away so strongly that he offered all the money left him by a course of schoolwork, and amounting to fourpence halfpenny, if I would only agree to smuggle him on board our Alcestis, when she should come to fetch me.' this of course i could not think of even for a hundred pounds and much as i longed for the boy to have the play of his inclination and in the presence of crumpy too who with all his good will to me would be sure to give evidence badly if his young master were carried away and under such love and obligation to the noble colonel i behaved as a man should do when having to deal with a boyish boy that is to say i told his guardians on the next opportunity but to break away at once from all these trifling matters only one day came to pass before i went to Forbardi. all along the sea-coast i was going very sadly half in hopes but more in fear because i had bad news of her what little they could tell at newton was that delushy was almost dead by means of a dreadful whooping-cough all throughout the winter and the small calibre of her throat and charles morgan had no more knowledge of my warm feeling thither way than to show me that he had been keeping some boards of sawn and seasoned elm two feet six in length and in breadth ten inches from what he had heard about her health and the likelihood of her measurement when i heard this you might knock me down in spite of all my uniform with a tube of macaroni people have a foolish habit when a man comes home again of keeping all the bad news from him and pushing forward all the good if this had not been done to me i never could have slept a wink ere going to scar manor to me that old house always seemed even more desolate and forlorn with the summer sunshine on it than in the fogs and storms of winter perhaps from the bareness of the sand hills and the rocks and dry stone walls showing more in the brightness and when woods and banks are fairest i looked in vain for a moving creature there seemed to be none for miles around except a sullen cormorant sleeping far away at sea only little dutch was howling in some lonely corner slowly as when her five young masters died as i approached the door in fear of being too late to say good-bye to my pretty little one yet trying to think how well it might be for her poor young life to flutter to some guardian angel my old enemy black evan stood and barred the way from me i doubt if he knew me at first sight and beyond any doubt at all i never should have known him if i had chanced to meet him elsewhere for i had not set eyes on his face from the day when he frightened us so at the inquest and in those ten months what a change from rugged strength to decrepitude you cannot see any one in this house he said very quietly and of course in welsh every one is very busy and in great trouble every one evan black i feel sorrow for you and have felt it through all your troubles Take the hand of a man who has come with good will, and to help you. He put out his hand, and his horn was gone. I found it flabby, cold, and trembling. A year ago he had been famous for crushing everything in his palm. You cannot help us, neither can any man born of a woman, he answered, with his black eyes big with tears. It is the will of the Lord to slay all whom he findeth dear to me. Is Delushy dead? I asked, with a great sob rising in my throat, like wadding, rammed by an untaught man. The little sweetheart is not yet dead, but she cannot live beyond the day. She lies panting with lips open. What food has she taken for five days? Anyone whose nature leads him to be moved by little things would have been distressed at seeing such a most unlucky creature, finishing her tender days in that quiet, childish manner, among strangers' tenderness, in her weak, defeated state with all her clever notions gone she lay with a piece of striped flannel round her the lips that used to prattle so now gasping for another breath and the little toes that danced so limp and frail and feebly twitching the tiny frame was too worn to cough and could only shudder faintly when the fit came through it yet i could see that the dear little eyes looked at me and tried to say to the wandering wits that it was old davy and the helpless tongue made effort to express that love of beauty which had ever seemed to be the ruling baby passion the crown and stripes upon my right arm were done in gold at my own expense for government only allowed yellow thread upon these her dim eyes fastened with a pleasure of surprise and though she could not manage it she tried to say how End of chapter forty one